At the end of your life, what will be your legacy? What will you leave behind for future generations? For the world, join the world messenger, Isabella Lundberg, each week as she brings you a new distinguished guest from the business, sports, or entertainment world to share their success, their struggles, and their lessons. They will share their insights into current hot topics that affect everyone. Isabella facilitates an intimate, vulnerable environment to find the true value of humanity and real leadership. Are you ready for your legacy? The legacy that matters? Hello, hello, my beautiful friends. It's Isabella Lombicure, the world messenger, and I am inviting you for another episode, epic episode of Legacy Leader Show. I'm super thrilled to share the world message from amazing, exceptional human being that is leading authenticity with harmony and figured out the ways through her, not only education, but practical application, how to really have a difficult conversation. She is the conversation game changer. And I can't tell you how much of her extraordinary work is changing dynamics around the conversations to produce global impact. She's navigating communication through gender dynamics and through intelligence. She is also focusing on something that is absolutely necessary, which is positive masculinity. She's also author, anthropologist, and has a doctorate in it. Oh my goodness. So without further ado, let me introduce you to Dr. Pauline Crawford. Pauline, how are you? Welcome. Oh, it is so wonderful to be here, Isabella. I just, I'm so excited to be here. I, I love every minute of my life. And I think that's what we need to encourage human beings everywhere in the world to, to do, to be. Um, and my, my dream is, is to create authentic harmony across the whole world. Can you imagine it if everybody was in their families and their communities and at work, and whether they're leading big deals or they're, they're, they're creating policies, they actually do it in harmony because they understand that they're, they're, there's an uplift in harmony, which there isn't in strife and arguments. I just don't understand why we have to have so many arguments. So that, that's my internal passion is to have a world of harmony for myself, but also for, for men and women in every single culture of the world. Because the one thing we can be sure of, and I've lived in many different places in the world, people are people, and we all work in actually very simple ways. Mm. I love what you just said. And all of those, um, this harmonious incidents or situations that we're witnessing and looking right now, either from individual contributor or from groups, um, usually come from very specific place. And we know what that place is and we're going to tackle that. Um, yes. But I love that you dedicate your life and work, not only to be a lifelong learner, but also to share the wisdom from different parts of the world and create gorgeous tapestry of that beautiful dynamic through this intelligence that just flows. And for everybody watching and listening, you are for a very special treat in this episode of Legacy Leader Show. Because if what we're doing is we're bringing wisdom, collective wisdom around the world and being messengers today to share the message back to the world. Yes. So back to that one thing and one thing that so many don't even recognize, which is this profound, unfortunately, fear, fear factor. Could you please share your perspective on that? Well, we do know from many eminent psychologists, and I'm not a psychologist, but there are only two base emotions in the world, uh, love and fear. And I think the majority of people don't actually realize that. And you will say it to them and they go, what do you mean? Yes, there's loads of other emotions that we can talk about. Um, there's hate and there's anger and there's passion and there's joy, but they all come from love and fear. So if we see that as the, the dark and the light, we've all got that within us. So what makes us get into a space of fear, which turns into hate and turns into vitriol, can turn into narcissism, it can turn into being horrible to people and trying to control them. 
I don't know where it comes from for anybody listening, but we know it's there. So the only person we can address is ourselves. Very yeah. often we blame other people. Well, you know, I'm a bad person because I lived in a terrible situation when I was a kid or I had this drama, I was caught in war, whatever it is. And, and there's any number of things that people are. It could be in the boardroom, you know, it could be in the team where everybody seems to hate me. And we start blaming. As soon as we start blaming or shaming other people, we're into fear. So ownership is really important here. So I have a very simple acronym, which is called a core. What's at the core of all this? So let's take this. First is C, is choice. What am I choosing to be and do? Am I actually looking around and understanding that? And I have to understand me first. So mm -hmm. the O is ownership. What do I know about myself? Well, hopefully you were with yourself all your life. <laughs> it's a matter of looking in the mirror, literally. Uh, I've been an image consultant in my life and literally shown people how to see themselves in the way they present their clothes. But it's much more than that. It's how do you mm. work inside? Um, and where, do, where does that, yes, where, where's your history? But don't stay in your history. You know, don't stay in the grief that happened when you were a kid or the, the people at school were so horrible to me or oh, I didn't, I failed at college so my parents hate me. You know, there are a number of things we can think of. But the R is responsibility. And this is a key thing for me is now today in a world which is very troubled and very frightening on too many levels for too many people. How do we take responsibility for myself and not go external and start blaming? Because the E is energy. And if we're going to create our energy, we need to go through that path. So love and fear, getting mm. to love ourselves. And what's interesting here is, and I know this from some of my clients, you know, especially, dare I say men, because I work with men and women, but men will say, oh, that sounds very egotistical. But loving yourself is actually being self-caring. Uh, and women also can be very bad at that. Sometimes they, they get very defensive. Oh, well, I'm not important, so I can't take care of myself. Now, I reckon everybody has heard about what you do on an aeroplane. You put the mask on yourself before you help somebody else. It's no good if you're choking to death. You can't yes. help anybody else. Yes. So this, this idea of, of self-evaluation, self-development, self-love, self-care, self-esteem. Actually, let's make it very simple. There's only love and fear. So do you want to fear yourself or do you want to love yourself? <laughs> so if we can honestly, without anybody else in the room, say, well, actually, yeah, I'd quite like to be in a good place. That's the first step. Because when we look at collective love and collective fear, if we don't know ourselves, it's gonna be very difficult to understand how we rattle around that collective energy. So mm -hmm. we've got to see ourselves, we've got to see our relationships, and we've got to see the collective. And not to blame the external is to take ownership here. And, you know, many people have had terrible traumas in their lives. I'm not going to deny that. I've been very blessed in my life to not have traumas and have a, a very amazing, loving upbringing. And, and uh, yes, I've had times when things have not been so good, but I haven't had to deal with traumas. But even with a trauma, you can say, OK, I had that. I experienced it. I take responsibility. Do I want to stay in it or move? And actually, by not making a choice, you're making a choice. Yes, so true. And you know, and having said all that, it 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 should be simple to change what's going on in the world. But I think we're very bound at the moment by the collective unwisdom, and mm. and a lot of that uh, I think we need to talk about is why do people feel they have to control somebody else? Mm, that is deep and profound. And why is this happening? We can have a million answers and all of them would be correct. But again, all of them come and stem from that level of insecurity and need for control, doesn't it? Well, that's right. Because in fact, when you're insecure, you may want to try and control things. And when you're in control, you might get over controlling. Now, 
when I study with, with my work with gender dynamics intelligence, there were different characters out there. And to try and make that simple, we look at, you know, what are men like? What are women like? What's masculine energy like? What's feminine energy like? And how does that come together in a circle? And so yeah. if, if anything is not good, I'm going to call it fear-based and it's toxic. So we get a lot of people talking about, oh, toxic masculinity or toxic this and that, toxic femininity. Actually, it's just toxic. <laughs> it's like... Bad behavior. Gender label is just toxicity that is affecting. And do you mind telling a little bit more actually exactly about that? Because I'm hearing and seeing people quickly labeling so that they project issues on other people. Yes. And pull back and don't take, as you just mentioned earlier, responsibility and accountability and what role they play. I think we've. We've grown up in, in, in the last century, if there I say the last several centuries, um, in a world that's been designed by men. And I say that with love, because that's what happened. Men built the pyramids, built the buildings, built the roads, women had the babies. Let's go right back to basics. But essentially this, this century, we've grown into intelligence. You know, we have, even now, social intelligence, AI intelligence, all sorts of intelligence. But, you know, even a hundred years ago, this world was incredibly different. Um, people were plowing the fields, you know, so we've got to take that into consideration. So the structures that occurred are very linear and they're very structured and they're very, um, there were a lot of controls put in. So some controls are really useful. So, you know, I know that I have to ride on certain side of the road, otherwise I hit another car. That's a sensible control function. So when we look at how business and, and society and community has been created, being created on that very straight line grid, if you add in fluidity and, dare I say, the, the feminine energy, the yin energy, which nature gives us, nature is very fluid, it flows together, it grows or it doesn't grow. If you feed the plants, they grow. If you don't, they die. It's actually a very simple, complex situation, but it's very linear and it's very fluid. It's straight lines and curves. It's boxes and circles. And what I'm saying, seeing is that we've moved out of a world that's very controlled by straight lines because we locked down in, in COVID. We stopped the systems, we've now got hybrid working or home working or women as entrepreneurs and not just at home, you know, AI changing our lives. There's so much changing, which is fluid. We're struggling to understand the controls that were there before. And majority of those were controlled by men and very uh, linear, logical, blinded men. So we do still have that um, powerful authority saying, no, this is the way to go. And the rest of us going, no, 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 no. <laughs> we want to do something different. And the unknown is very scary for people. And I think this is where we've got a battle between, as um, Simon Sinek talks about, the finite and the infinite. The, I know what I'm doing. This is the way it is. And this, well, no, the new and the unknown might actually be better. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and, and one of the things that I've been studying and talking to you about is that women see the world differently to men. Yes. And as, as we're half of the world, and that's a number, 46.59% of the world is female, 3.9 billion women in the world, 2.2 billion of those are mothers. And you just think about that. Women know what that means. I don't think that men know what that means. Yeah. So for men, I understand them, and this is not all men, obviously, but I understand why men are stunned by the fact that we might actually be able to create something better and new and integrate masculinity and femininity. And one of the key factors is removing toxicity because we know the outcome of toxic behavior and whether that's predicated by men or by all of us, but as to say what it is, but violence against women and girls, wars, famine, you know, 
all sorts of things that have been controlled by the male making of the world to be profit-driven and greed-driven and corruption-driven. And I'm not saying that women are not greedy or corrupt. You know, certainly there's toxic behavior across the board. But if we said we want a world without toxicity, then we need to address what is the replacement. And that's where mm -hmm. I come in with authentic harmony. And mm -hmm. you know, one of the challenges I have at the moment is that there's a huge uh, focus on violence against women and girls, a huge focus on the empowerment of women, but they are not necessarily addressing what we could have differently and what would be owned by men because I don't think men ever wanted equality, and that's why we've always had a battle for it. Mm, because they don't know what's the alternative and what that alternative will do to them, to their ego, to their positioning, to their power, right? Yes. And when we seek the power, we seek power. When we see the power, we seek it when we fear it, and yes. we know, and then again, create through that, all that toxicity. So do you mind? Oh my God, this is so deep and profound, yet so simple. It's so for true. everybody watching and listening, we are deep diving now truly to understand toxicity. We're seeing toxicity demonstrated in aggressive and passive and passive aggressive or anything in between ways. Yes. A lot of times the labels come flying everywhere. And a lot of times we label or see labeling of each other, but deep down, we're also missing to reassess and understand what all that means. Do you mind spelling a little bit of that so that people can really also understand harmony? What is the alternative and how, what that looks like, please? Well, if you, if the way I look at it is that toxicity causes damage. Mm -hmm. So that could be anything from a knife being stabbed into a body, a rape, war, obviously, but it could also be that insinuous, nasty comment that put down, that taking somebody out, oh, you know, what do they think they are? You know, we know that those things happen when we, when we um, gossip maliciously, when we say, you know, oh, they shouldn't think, maybe they shouldn't be doing that, you know. And potentially we do that with our children even, you know, parenting is one of the most difficult jobs in the world. I know that, you know, and we're not, we don't have lessons in it often. We trust the education system and that's another whole potential toxicity, but toxicity damages. So if something's gonna damage, it's not good. So if we go back to nature, you know, if we wanna have a lovely forest, we don't go yeah. and mistreat the trees. Uh, or chop them down, or or just not feed them. So let's let's be be sensible. Human beings have emotions. We're very um, we have a soul. We have emotions. We have we have a heart as as well as a brain. But to be honest, the world of the last century plus has been created by the brain. You know, it's done on very logical lines. So if we're going to shift there and remove toxicity, we need to replace it with something which is, in my terms, harmonious. That's the word I've used. We could use the word joyful, happy, you know, healthy. It's what is the, the, the plus side of not damaging. And one of the things we know psychologically is that when we say the negative word, we don't hear the negative word. So this is the challenge with the whole campaign for stop violence against women and girls. It's focused on violence against women and girls. When we focus on we must empower women, that's the only way forward. We're missing all the other bits, but especially that one stop violence, which we do need to do, but we're focusing on violence. So how about start harmony? And this is why I've been keynoting on goodbye equality, hello harmony. I'm not decrying equality at all. There were lots and lots of extremely good things that we have done in the last hundred years, the vote, the, the positions in business, but we need to go further. We know that, for instance, women in business make a huge difference to profit and performance, but it's a battle if we keep on working on the old landscape. So we don't go as far as forward as we could do. 
So this is the whole thing is, is and, and the other thing I was going to suggest is look at it as power. We have this thing about power, but the power grid of the world, we need electricity to feed us. You know, so electricity works. We plug something in the wall and it works. How about plugging into each other as human beings that we have a human power grid and yes. men and women of different generations, different diversities, we are the, the elements of the human power grid. And we need to step into that space and say, wow, we can actually power the whole world based on loving intentions, emotional integrity, and yes, operational excellence, obviously, but we're not saying throw out the past. What I'm saying is let's integrate it into something which is bringing all the talents of the world together. And if we could stand in the space of not controlling other people, we can yeah. still lead them, we can still manage them, we can still invite them to the party, but we're not controlling them. We're not saying you must do this or else. To my mind, that's toxic. Mm. I love that description and I'm so glad we took a little bit of extra time so that everybody can understand. And I love how you simplify that so that we all can relate. Anything that is damaging to yourself or to another being or to the nature is toxicity. And we have opportunity to shift and change the script and self-analyze, self-assess, but also assess our environment. And, or if we see or notice something, uh, question why is happening, where, where this is coming from. Because a lot of times, sometimes people are not even aware of, right? Because we're so much on our pilot and we um, absorbed and behavior from home or school or environment yes. and give in without even recognizing that we're now carrying the elements of toxicity. So now on the flip side, you yes. are creating something that brings harmony that yes. brings this beautiful flavor of humanity so do you mind giving us what that looks like in your world through your amazing workshops uh relationships and everything that you do and your essence uh because obviously it's working and <laughs> and cannot wait for everybody to hear well it's, it's what i call magical conversations and you create it in a wisdom circle so if I could, I would change every single square boardroom into a round table. I think King Arthur had absolutely the right idea. But when you sit in a circle and you have three very simple rules, so it might sound like I'm controlling, but these are rules that make sense to me. The first rule is no judgment. So you've got to know yourself. You remember core, you've got to know yourself, take responsibility. When you sit in the circle, you don't need your ego. You just need your soul and your experience and your intention to share. So there's no judgment. So depending on the topic in the middle of the room, it could be leadership, it could be love, it could be um, client services. It can be very constructive. But what you're doing is you're coming in with your experience, not your judgment. You're coming in with your passion, not your anger. And you're coming in with your willingness to just listen and watch and allow it to grow. So the third rule is no coercion. So that's taking that control out in the time that you're having this event. So it may not be forever. We still need to take actions. I'm not denying that. We still need KPIs or whatever, but we're allowing to seed the ground by sharing. So I run these with my clients. Um, and what happens is that when people step into them, especially people who don't normally like conversation, they realize that it's different because they don't have to bring their ego and they've already got their experience in the back of their backpack. So I'm not stretching them to find out something they don't know. I mean, we all go searching on Google to find out anything we know now anyway, but you come with your experience and you look at the topic and you say, well, in my experience of leadership, I love da 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 da. You, you share from that side. What happens, it takes a bit of time for some people but in, in time, people relax. And actually, you can see it in their body. They go, oh, oh, I don't have to be Mr. Boss. I don't have to be the lady from client services. I, I don't have to be sitting at my desk. Oh, 
and actually you have no hierarchy in the circle yes so when i when i do this especially when i do this with uh, culture change you deliberately mix up all the levels but when they're in the circle there's no level it's not boss and and follower it's just isabella pauline tom dick harry it's it's wonderful to watch because people to start with are a bit defensive and they kind of oh mm -hmm. they're so used they're so used to being told what to do or having to tell other people you put them in that space it opens up this almost like this vortex in their body and they go oh I, I, actually i can say something and nobody's allowed to yeah. nobody's allowed to take over the subject so it's not as if there's a speaker it's a flow and as a facilitator you make sure that it does flow and the interesting thing is people always say what happens if somebody gets angry or opinionated but what you do as a facilitator is you you quickly pause and say oh, well actually uh, Tom you're kind of stretching the rules here uh, as you remember it's no judgment no anger, no coercion, and you very calmly say that. And, you know, we'd love you to stay, but we need you to honor the rules. Is that okay? If not, we're okay if you leave. And you just do it literally with that kind of presence mm -hmm. and nobody defends him or anything. Everybody in the circle stays in that space. And I can guarantee you 99% of the time that person will stay. Mm. Because they've, they've, and what's important as well is they've never had that opportunity to be in that space. And that's the world that we're shifting because the world has been so critical. You go to school and you get this, and then you go to work and you get this, that actually people really, really adjust to it quickly. And when they know their archetype, when they know what kind of man or what kind of women are sitting in their circle, it's even more fun. So I'm not gonna go into all the detail of my programs. Of course, I want everybody to come to them. But the thing to remember is speak with no judgment come with your experience if somebody says something that's totally different to what you think just pause and say well it's an interesting perspective it's not mine but it's an interesting perspective you can be that honorable that is so powerful and i absolutely love it as you know both of us are playing quite a bit in corporate worlds right and seeing a lot of things that are now affecting millions and millions of people are um because exactly what is not happening which is that beautiful inclusive conversation no communication in essence with at least clearly applying rules or identifying what the rules are and the level of inclusiveness right that really gains because everybody learns every single person learns something new or different either about themselves or their peers or their colleagues in general but also about the work and as a result we can make it what better choices better decisions right well also the unknown comes in because in my experience you suddenly hear something and you think hey i, I, I never thought about it that way and it might you might need to go and think about it. We know that women enter conversation differently to men, and some people are more introvert, some people are more extrovert. But as long as you're in that space, it, it truly is a sacred space. It kind of it bubbles with a lovely energy of safety, but also creative energy. And and I just love it because people always say you can leave your ego outside the door, and maybe you don't need to pick it up when you go outside. <laughs> so rich and so amazing so with beautiful integration of circle obviously in creating the harmony and, and i love that you touched a little bit about also dealing with the challenging situations both of us had a quite a bit of experience dealing with very uh challenging types of personalities that are often labeled and known as narcissists Yes. And, and very destructive narcissistic behavior, awareness around it, knowing how and yet still to move the needle in positive direction. Do you mind sharing a little bit? Um, how do you 
move the needle in right direction in those circumstances, in those situations. Because unfortunately we know a lot of those guys have a lot of power and they're in powerful positions and also very powerful attitudes. Yes, and what I'm gonna say might, might sound to some people like a cop-out, but I think we embrace them almost with that statement of, um, hmm, that's an interesting um, proposal or interesting situation, it's not for me, thank you. And then walk away very carefully and then do work on yourself to make sure you're grounded. A, narciss a true narcissist won't want to be in a magical conversation. They won't want to be in a wisdom. But I guess you anything, if we grow the groundswell of this, they don't want to miss out. And I know examples yeah. of this, especially when you, you're looking at the whole issue of, of men and women. There was an example of a major company where one big department, the guy at the top saw all this evidence about men and women working together being a good thing. So he, he did it by decision more than emotion he just started putting people women into pole position making teams but he wouldn't tell anybody outside of his department and his figures got better and better and the other department heads were going hey, um, excuse me what's what's going on what are you doing ah well just and he wouldn't tell them till he'd totally proven it and this is quite a male thing i think it took a couple of years so when he got it really proven and everybody was and then he shared the story because that was his glory. Uh, I don't mind that. I think, you know, we have to meet people where they're at. And yes. the narcissists are going to control our world and make nasty decisions and fire people. All the things that, the only way we could turn that around is to get into a fight with him or her. And I don't think that we should fight as women, especially, and as good wise men, we don't need to fight. We can stand strong. So. I believe that we deal with them by building the groundswell of those people who are willing to say, hey, this is not just a good idea for me, it's a good idea for this company. Yes. This, this, this is a way that we can actually accelerate happy, happy employees make happy customers. That's proven over and over again. It's proved that, that women have great management skills. There's, there's loads of proof. So for the, the narcissist who's standing there being very controlling, he's going to lose out. Well, I don't want to go into a battle with him. If I meet him head on, I'm just going to be very calm. And I'll give you an example. I actually sat opposite one in a very brief meeting one day and he was barking at me, literally. I'm, I'm this, I'm not, I'm not that. And I was drinking my cup of tea. And he said, so what do you think, Pauline? And he was talking about his brilliance at this program I was on. So I started to say something which sounded a bit tangential. I was talking about my company. I said, well, Corporate Heart International, you know, we might, and he stopped me literally. And he went, we're not having a conversation, Pauline. I'm talking at you. I don't think you know who I am. <laughs> so, this is a wonderful narcissist. So I was very calm. I just put my cup of tea down and I said, well, I said, um, your program's actually brilliant. It was, it had really good content. So I could say that with honesty. I said, whether or not we work with you will depend on my client actually. And then I just stopped talking. I wasn't angry. I just drank my tea. I kept good eye contact. I wasn't committing myself to anything. I was honest about what I saw, but I didn't say, I honestly think you're a, a something very nasty. <laughs> What he did was he stood up and very friendly, grasped my hand with a good handshake and said, oh good, I think we understand each other. Wow. And when he walked out, it was such an aha moment for me because I thought, wow, I do understand you. And that was all you wanted. You wanted to be able to say who you were, tell me your brilliance and expect that maybe in somewhere there might be some work opportunity. And I'd made the decision, I'll never work with you. But that's okay. Mm. I don't have to go into, I don't have to go into a Q&A and a debate about it. So no, you know, not all situations will be where you can walk away, but we don't need to be put down by anybody. And his, his words were absolutely brilliant because he actually said, I'm not having a conversation with you. <laughs> 
Wow, wow, wow. Brilliantly handled. And as you said, it's not always easy. But when we're dealing with that destruction and toxicity and all of these issues, obviously, you know how to navigate them extremely well. Do you mind sharing for audience and everybody watching and listening? What do you do when you face with, um, when is that directed at you? When you feel deep down, this is not true. I know who I am. This is projection on their own insecurities and fears. Um, but in a way, you still have a kindness and compassion towards that person or that situation. What would you suggest and recommend when you don't necessarily have choice that you can just simply, you know, avoid it, uh, but you have to deal it either in a working environment or even at home? Because yes. right now we're seeing a lot of those yeah. uh, types of behaviors that are really breaking down so many people and so many people lives well that's right and i think the home situation over covid has been extremely challenging for some people it's been very enlightening for some families but it has caused that pressure cooker so if you know yes. what a pressure cooker is like you know it's, it's <sighs> again it comes down to that core what choice do i make in any moment and it's mm -hmm. a version of that um well that's an interesting perspective it's like this is my view. This is how I see this. Um, make some very clear statements, but don't stay into an argument. So what I mean by that is make a clear statement. I'm not happy with this situation. It doesn't agree with my values and my principles. And I need to move away at the moment to go to the garden or go make a cup of tea. And it's about breaking the, the energy of the moment with something which is not aggressive mm. and leaving, leaving that person to think about it. And then further down the line, making choices that are about what you know you need and not being controlled by somebody else. And that's true also even you know, of a partner, of your children, obviously of people at work, bosses, anybody parents our own parents you know I remember one time my my mother bless her who I loved to pieces and she loved me but we had different religious uh, ideas and she was critiquing something that I was doing for my children in religious and she's I just said um well that's our decision mommy and um that's what it's going to be uh would you like a cup of tea and I said it with a like that was the end of that conversation. I'm offering you something else. And she just went, oh, yes, dear. And I walked out of the room and I was fuming, but I, I was able to go into the kitchen and just say, it's okay. That's where she comes from. This is where I come from. Now, obviously there can be some very more malicious conversations than that, but the same thing is go back to the core. What choice are you making? What ownership do you have of that moment? And don't, not say something just make a statement very clearly with a, a nice big full stop at the end take responsibility for what you're going to do next which is probably best to move out of the situation just temporarily and then get your own energy back together you know go outside do some breathing um just put some music on that you like change your own body energy and I can assure you that when you come back and meet that person again, there was less likely to be um, an angry intervention because you've thrown a, you've thrown another sort of uh, aspect of life in there. But what we often try and do is to convince the person of our opinion, and then you get into a spiral, and then it can go totally off. That, that's my advice. That is so brilliant because you're right. You said earlier how important it is to meet people where they are. And if they're not able to absorb or be able to hear you neutrally and hear the other side, it's waste of time, right? Yes. It's waste of energy and it's going to create more and more conflicts. If they're also so convicted with strong conviction, so really already clear about their position, it's very little that it will ever change um, their point of view. 
Well, that's exactly the thing. I would say if there was two polar opposite people, they're the same. People don't like me saying that. They're not the same content. But at that moment in time, they're exactly in the same place. And actually there isn't, I would say it's a bit, I don't believe there are truly difficult people. I think there are truly difficult situations where we get into that polar opposition and we're never going to win. So what's your option? You either keep on fighting or you look for the, the, the compromise or you, you move away, but you move away with dignity. There's, there's all sorts of options. But fighting doesn't need to be the one that we opt for. Mm. It brings back again how we communicate, right? How do we yes. see which lens we look at? What language we use? What level of energy charge? How do we insert ourselves? How we lean in? All of those pieces. But so interesting. Obviously, you're an amazing behavioralist. And I love where you come from and understanding human dynamics. What I also love about you is how much you have such a beautiful global acumen, understanding, as you said, history, what brought us in evolution of the world, where we are today, what was traditionally expected and assumed, what shift happened, and how now we're trying to blend, blend two different genders uh, together, or, or just in gender, different uh, polar opposites, uh, regardless of the gender, uh, together. And then, and how do we again create a harmony? So, for everybody watching and listening that wants to come out with a couple of steps to be better at it, what would you recommend? Well, the, the steps are really going back to that beginning is. Think about who you are. Um, you know, there's some classic things out there. You can come and see me and find out what archetype you are, but are you a, you know, a very outspoken person? Do you actually observe what happens when you say things? Do people say, or do they come towards you? You know, just, so, just be aware of yourself and honor yourself. Honor yourself in a good state of being loving. And then the second step is get to know people who are not like you. It mm. might sound simple, but get to know people who are not like you. Because people who are like you, you probably tune into them quite quickly, but get to know people who are not like you. Different type of women, different type of men, different generations, different cultures. I lived in Malaysia for four years. It was fascinating because I'd never been in a culture like that coming from England. And now I'm getting used to America and dealing with people in Africa. Listen to people who are not like you and understand people who are not like you and then work out where the bridge is mm. and look for joy and harmony. And if you like, it's a bit like music. So we can't be harmonious unless we've got more than one voice. So it's more than one voice and the voices are different. You watch a choir, they're all different voices, but they sing in unison. We need the different voices in order to make the unison, the harmony, and then we can deal with all the difficult issues of the world together. Mm, I love that. Looking for the joy, looking for the harmony, finding common grounds, things that we can build on, not to destroy or not to point the fingers, but also finding a ways to also learn from people different than ourselves. And one thing you just said prior to that also that I want to emphasize, you said you do not believe in difficult people. You believe in difficult topics, circumstances, situations. And right now we're dealing with the insane amount of difficulty when everybody's limits are being in a way tested and pushed. And also both of us know how important it is yeah, it's great to have emotional intelligence, but having emotional capacity to extend and expand and carry that. And then now social intelligence and social capacity, where we now look at what's going on around us with people socially so that we can insert, support, contribute, make an impact. And I'm so glad you understand that because I keep writing about it, saying all this. And I just want to ask if you don't mind, uh, bring this together, because you said that this year definitely brought up a lot of element of social stretching and capacity. 
Do you mind sharing from your perspective? What do you see so that we can confidently go in 2023, despite the fears and all of those issues might be internally going on to make better choices and decisions and lead harmoniously, joyfully? Uh, One of the things that that struck me as you were asking that was um, be yourself everywhere you go. Mm. don't be somebody else even though you might have different roles you know I'm a businesswoman I'm an entrepreneur I'm a speaker but I'm also a mother and a grandmother and all of those have slightly sort of different nuances but I aim to be myself in all of those and that cuts out a lot of stress just be yourself Um, and yeah I think that, that COVID changed our lives completely and shifted our our curiosity and imagination our fear everything but this year has been particularly fearful because coming out of it there were a lot of people not dealing with it and there were a lot of people in authority who are dealing it with it in ways that we may feel that we're not uh part of let's put it that way so again it's it's about addressing yourself and being who you are in every situation yeah there, there are difficult times but imagine your overall mission in life. And that might be as simple as just being healthy in every moment. It might be a big mission to leave a legacy. It might be like mine is to make, you know, make sure every leader in a company works in authentic harmony. But understand the, the rainbow, if you like, the rainbow which the clouds are under. So the clouds are all the stuff, you know, we get stuck into stuff, we get into these arguments about. Uh, gender diversity and uh, equality and then marginalization and violence and fear there, there are so many things that we can get stressed about is to step back into yourself and understand what your rainbow vision is if it's to create a better world then we're all thinking the right direction we actually energize that powerful consciousness at a collective level that's what I do with my wisdom circles, my, my open ones, is, you know, come and share what your wisdom is. What if the whole world could do that on a daily basis? You know, offer your wisdoms to your family, to your friends, and, and, and rejoice and be grateful for whatever the day's brought. But we are all in this together. So as well as being yourself everywhere, recognize that, you know, everybody is is dealing with these bigger issues and some of the ones that we really really can't have an influence on yet don't stay in them too much i mean in that respect i don't watch the news i don't involve i know what's going on in the news but i don't spend hours and hours absorbing it because it has a really negative effect on us as human beings so if we if we've got bad news on coming in all the time, it impacts our core. We're aware, but we're not eating it. Mm. We're not absorbing it. We're not inhaling it in a way, as you said, or eating it, because that's where it starts to create that negative toxic within ourselves, right? Poisoning us in many ways. Yes. So, you know, we, we live on a planet which is, you know, amazing. Let's, let's enjoy it and go out to it. Make sure we get some light in our day. Uh, go for a walk. Obviously, you know, just, just be cognizant of that, that um, mask on you and mm. in different ways. So I do believe that 2023 is going to be a major, major transformational year. And, you know, whichever way it goes, you know who you are. And you know to be yourself wherever you are. That's the thing that keeps me going. It's that basic value cycle. Do I know myself? Do I know the people around me? Do I know the world I would like to have? That is what drives me, is to remember that only I can create the value in my life to give to others. So it mm. has to start here. That is so beautiful because ultimately that's why we're working so hard, not necessarily to get the status just to be millionaires there or whatnot, but to be able to continue giving and have a more means in investing in certain areas that we see uh, that's going to create a positive ripple effect around the world. 
I love that. And you already touched a little bit in this answer, um, but seems like uh, with everything you've been already doing and through your books, through your workshops, through your high profile engagement with leaders around the globe and so many other things, um, you already carved, you, you're leaving phenomenal legacy because you chose to lead with it and also live it. And, because, and a lot of people think just what they may leave it, either just for their own immediate cluster family, but what very often they forget, you have to breathe that, you have to live it every day, and you have to also lead with it. So with that in mind, what's next in a bucket list for you uh, that you would like to accomplish? And also, what would you like to be known and remember as your legacy? Um, my legacy, and, and interesting enough, I did an exercise 2007, writing my obituary and about when I'm going to die in 2050, which I'm obviously heading towards now, was to actually leave the world a place that smiled and that there would be no bullying in the workplace. So I actually wrote that in my obituary and that's still, it is like, I would like to eliminate negative behavior. And now the power of authentic harmony, which is the title of my book, which is going to be published hopefully in the next couple of weeks. I would like the power of authentic harmony to be as well known as any famous book, you know, Chicken Soup for the Soul, the dare I say, the, you know, anything that comes to mind that people always know. Um, I just want people to understand there's a power in the authentic harmony they can create in their life. So that's that's my legacy. And I do. I would like to, my legacy to also, in terms of the next step is education, is education for creative living, really getting children to understand all the skills and all the stuff that I've learned and to put it into their lives early and make sure that we can actually transform the education system because I think the education system needs transformation. It's too rigid, it's too rote. And I think COVID has asked us to change it and we're not doing it right yet. So that if I have another step, that would be where I would like to uh, create some influence. Mm, that is so powerful. I love that. And I also love uh, because future generation, right? We want to make sure as a both of us have educator background, a future generation so much desperately needs the framework, yeah. as you said, that is uh, transformative that is relevant not only for today but for the future and a very different approach yes we have to it's it's you know already the kids are looking at life differently uh, yeah. when we in malaysia we talked to lots of universities and they said you know universities are going to disappear and it will happen because the children won't want to go to something that's old and past so unless they adapt the kids have now got access to everything that they need and their entrepreneurial spirit. We have mm. to change the education system to align with them, not with our needs, but with their needs. Thank you for listening to Legacy Leader Show. If you enjoyed the content and had a positive experience, then please leave us a positive rating. In addition, leave us positive review whenever you are listening on whatever platform there might be. Make sure your friends and family also know about the benefit and value that we provide and what we have to offer. Cheers.